<laughs> so good to see you. We have a wonderful subject, as Paige already said. The subject is... This is how you can make friends for life. For life, Come absolutely. On. And it's a very important subject. There are people in your life, they will give you wings to fly. And there are other people who will cut your wings so you will fall down. Yes. And that is not good. Michael, today we don't bring you any theoretical thesis about how you can probably, in the best case, build a relationship. <laughs> yeah. We bring you stories out of life, different stories, which they should encourage you how you can have fresh wind in your relationship, friendships, yeah. how you, or also you, how you distinguish good between good and bad relationships. Absolutely. It's going to be very interesting. Yeah, and we will share some words about our friendship. We've been friends for decades, yes. for two decades. And uh, when we say that, it, we feel old, but actually, we started it's also an honor. We started very <laughs> we young. We started very young. <laughs> so cool. I hope you're ready to get some new thoughts and stories about friendship. In the last two weeks, we got familiar with the pyramid. I have to have a look where it is. Oh, it's back there. I almost didn't see it. The pyramid is already our best friend. And we had uh, some messages about how to build healthy relationships one layer after the other. It's not really wise to start on top if you want to build a pyramid. You have to start with the basement, with the fundament, and that is the spiritual layer. Some people start by just going to bed with each other, for example, that's not really wise. You have to start with the spiritual fundament. You have to be rooted in Jesus if you want to have healthy relationship. Last week, we shared about some backpacks we all bring into relationships. It could be a marriage, it could be a friendship also, it could be uh, some friends who live together. However it is, if you bring your backpack in sexuality, finances, um, experience you've already made, that can be a big challenge for every kind of relationship. And today, we're going to focus on the social layer, how to build friends for life. And that's really awesome. Next week, about our emotions, and in two weeks, we're going to have the climax about sexuality. Well, yeah, it fits together with the subject. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's moments in your life when you really feel like carrying a big load. I read about those uh, cat horses, is that the right word? Those uh, cart horses, that's the right word. Cart horses, they can carry up to 3.6 tons uh, when they have a big load behind themselves. And sometimes we feel like cart horses who, who carry a big load, we have to pull it through our lives. Have you ever had to move your um, apartment from one point to the other? <laughs> if you have to carry all your stuff, you really feel the weight of your life. And did you realize that it's also the moment when people have the most friends because you need helpers <laughs> and you have a huge uh, WhatsApp group that you invite to help for the moving party? party, all right? <laughs> so you suddenly think, why I'm a friend of these people? That's because they need another car horse by their side because the weight is too heavy to carry from one points to the other. And there's moments that's not just moving your house, it's also maybe somebody dies, it's a, it's a health um, challenge you get in your life. And this is the moment where you wish that another cart horse would come beside you and help you carry or pull the load. And in these moments you realize either you have those people or not. 
Did you know if another cart horse comes there, it's not just another 3.6 tons, it's the triple amount of tons they can carry, oh, wow. not double, triple. And if they've been uh, together for long enough, they even are able to carry the f uh, four times what one cart horse could pull. So that is awesome, that's good news. If you have friends who show up next to you like a cart horse and help you pull your load through life, you're a winner. And that's what the Bible also says, let's read in Proverbs, one who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin, but there's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And that's the kind of friends we are looking for. So when you look at your friendships and you go back for seven years, sociologics, sociologics, I don't know the words, sociologists, yeah, sociologists, they found out that uh, half of your friendships, they disappear and new ones appear. And only about a third of the close friends are still close, close friends. That tells us it's really not just happening. Friendship is not happening, you have to build it. Yeah. So you have those friends who show up next to you. So today you wanna have a look at five types of friendships and Susanna and Leo, they're gonna introduce you the first two types of friendship tonight. Friends of Hardened, Dave, you have been a friend for me for many, many, many years, and I'm so thankful that God that brought you actually into my life. It's important that I have a wife and I have a family, I have a church, I have a small group, but I've decided that it's very important that you have very, very, very close friends where you can share high and lows in your life. In Hebrew chapter 10, verse 24, the Bible says, let us help us each other to love others and to do good. And to doing good is very, very important. I have three points I want to share about friends of hearts. Point number one is encourage each other. Encouragement is so important. Yes, I agree. Uh, I mean, you have such a, a, a calling that is really uh, with a high, comes with a high pace and a high cost. And so my, my view as a friend is to give you the most encouragement I can. So I see also all the flaws or what you maybe in a message could have said better. But I think oftentimes it's not my place to now voice it every time again, but I want to be an encourager. So I write you a text message and say, Leo, you did so well. And I really felt uh, the Holy Spirit moving through you. Please keep going. I try to encourage you and to give you insight uh, and follow this impulse of the Holy Spirit to, um, to encourage you to finish the race. I love it because you're not just saying, yeah, you're good, you're smart, you're good looking, God has blessed you, you're anointed. <laughs> Those things are also very, very cool, but you are very specific. You always talk about uh, how God sees me, what is the potential, what is the calling, what is my strength? And that's very important because sometimes in life, you know it, in, in your marriage, in your family, sometimes you are so surrounded with, with challenges and obstacles and sometimes you have to hear from your close friends what is the calling of God in your life. The second thing is uh, caution each other. It's very important that also we give each other feedback. Yeah. Uh, well, that for me, uh, if I'm honest, is not so simple because you're not only my friend, you're also my leader and even my employer. So different roles coming together. <laughs> but I decided this is not going to keep me from being close to you. I don't want to let that uh, be between us. I, I think... 
if I decide to be a friend, um, I can also face you with some things, but the friend comes first. It's not I face you first and maybe if, if, if it's suiting me, you become a friend, but I, I want to be friends first and then I face you and say maybe, Leo, uh, is, it re is, is that really, uh, are you really serious about that? Or, hey, don't, uh, don't take that so hard on yourself when someone else bashes you or something, because I think, um, you need to hear it. Sometimes you forget, and, and you're also a very emotional person. Absolutely. So, so I'm, I'm just trying to, to give you context sometimes. Also, you um, give a lot of feedbacks to me sometimes. On the bike trip just uh, last week, when you called me out and said, hey, Dave, you talked about that other person, but what is your part in this? And like, yes, you are so right. And I love that because in a close friendship, it's not only being cordial, other it's also give feedback because yeah. I want to make him better. He wants to make me better. I want to be the best possible me in the kingdom of God, and I want to glorify Jesus in my life. That's why friendship is very, very key. And the last thing is to um, to have fun together. The fun part is also we love uh, riding the Harleys actually. And of course, when I'm going on a Harley ride, uh, I'm not going alone. For example, say, Hey, Dave, on Friday the weather is good, and uh, do you want to chat? be a part of it, and if you say yes, I'm happy, if not, I'm a little bit sad. <laughs> and on that trip, we talk about issues uh, in, in the marriage, yeah. in the leadership, all those things. We encourage each other. Yeah. We give some feedback because the setting is quite relaxing, yeah. but then we have also a lot of fun because having fun means you're creating memories. Create yeah. memories in your friendships. Hello, my friends. My topic today is friends of faith. And you may wonder why I'm sitting here in the sauna. It's because I'm meeting my friends of faith in a weekly basis, exactly here in the sauna. We meet for 30 minutes online with our mobiles. And this is the only room in our apartment that I can close two doors and no one gets awake because we're meeting early in the morning. And I really appreciate these friendships because we have the same desire to become more like Jesus and we know that we live from forgiveness and from the love of God. And in Ecclesiastes 4 verse 10 and 12 it says the following, if either one of them falls, one can help the other up. But pity one who falls and has no one to help them up. Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. And this is exactly what I experience in these friendships. So three things are very important for friends of faith. First, they are committed to each other. That means we give this meeting of 30 minutes a week a very high priority in our agenda. And because it has such a high priority, it makes me feel that I am very important and really important to them. And this creates a trust, a trust that I can be honest and I can be open. And this is very important. This is the first thing. And the second thing is friends of faith, they accept each other. When we are together, and even it's only online, we feel a very big and high acceptance for each other. Because I know they, they are on my side. No matter what comes, they stand to me. And that's why I can bring issues, I can bring topics, and I'm not afraid about their reaction. For example, one of these friends, um, she told that she feels like so-and-so, and she wanted from us that we say the opposite is true. 
But because we have a high level of acceptance, we were able to tell her that it is exactly as she feels. That was a shocking truth for everyone, but it's the only thing that is really helpful and makes us grow. And the third is friends of faith, they learn from each other. And this is also something that I really appreciate from these friendships because you are not always in a good mood. And sometimes it's, the, it's that one girl that pushes us forward and another time it's another girl that pushes us forward. We push each other forward and we push each other to just hold on to the faith. And for example, one of my friends, she said to me, uh, because uh, we have an issue in our family that they are very picky with the food. This was a couple years ago and she told me the truth that I'm also extreme in the other side. Also very true and it was so helpful. I could learn from that phrase. I could learn from her and this was so helpful and exactly because of that these friends of faith are very important for me. Yes, thank you very much, Susanna and Leo. Friends of heart, friends of faith, and now friends around you. For me, it's very important to have a friend in the town where I live. So I moved a lot around with Dave Cole, for example. We moved three times. <laughs> and then I uh, um, had a friend. His name is Daniel Heusem. I started that friendship 15 years ago, and I moved with my whole family to Hurleyburg, where his village is. We had this such 10 years, very great um, relationship. We saw us nearly every day, early in the morning. We went to vacation together, really great. And then my, my, my family was growing and we need more space. So we moved to the countryside. There you have more space. The houses are cheaper as well there. So we, so we, so we went there and it was a tragedy because we, we all lost our friends, the kids. And for myself, it was really also hard. I, I, I didn't knew that I will miss Daniel so much. So I started to pray for a new friend in town. I really started to pray. And then I bumped into Manfred Menetzigard. He's the founder of ICFPL. I didn't knew that, he, that he's in the same town, has a little store there. I invited him to my place. We drank a beer together. And it was such a great night. We constructed that little house. He's very good in that kind of things, and I always need uh, people to help me, Galhide. <laughs> and so we just had a great time. And the other night we were there, I told him, Mene, you are the answer to my prayer request. Maybe you are my new friend. Let's have a friendship. And he said, yes, let's do it. Now we are very cool friends together. We help each other. It's so uncomplicated because he's in my town. We care for each other. And uh, we have a small group together. And it's just amazing. So my point is, if you pray for a friend and God brings you a person around uh, in front of you, ask this person, do you want to be my friend? It's not so in our culture because maybe you could take a risk, but I do that and I really love it because you know, you can, from the start, you don't need to, to get to know the person for 10 years. If you feel that's the person you want to build a friendship, ask them boldly. That's my advice. 
That's uh, one thing in the town. We also have friends around you in the workplace. Yes, you're so wise, Simon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so we, we've been working together for 20 years now, and that's um, a, a friendship that could grow over the years, but I think it's another way how you can decide to build relationship in your environment if you work together. And what I love about our friendship, we become advocates of our potential. Oh, yes. That's a sentence that we always hear and also uh, pronounce to each other. We want to be advocates for each other's potential. So, for example, Simon is the first one to text me, to, to send me audio notes when I did something well, when I preached well, or um, led through a meeting. I sometimes get uh, those encouragements from you. That is exciting. That makes me really fly high. That's so awesome. Yeah, you know, friend. sometimes you are just not uh, bold enough to take something new. And advocate of your potential means also that I see so much in you that you maybe not are seeing yet. Yeah. And I tell you, the shoe is not too big. Take, take, take <laughs> it. You walk in it. You will grow in it. And we do yeah. that so much. Yeah, we really do that. And it's great to inspire each other. So, um, for example, we, we're really different. Simon has his life on his tongue. Whenever you're together with him, you just uh, know how he feels, what he's thinking about. You're so authentic. And I'm more inside of me. I'm more the thinking guy. And I look for my feelings. I don't know where to go. <laughs> <laughs> and then my wife has to, to help me. And you're also one of those guys who helps me. And you inspire me so much by being authentic. And every time we meet, it's just real. And I love that about you. You know, I had a crisis, a really serious crisis, no, didn't know where my head is. And you wrote me a, a handwriting five-page letter, why I should stay in church, why he loves me. And that's one of the great reasons I'm still here. And I'm so thankful, man, yeah. that you wrote me that letter. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I love that we're still building church together. In the Bible, there's a verse that really helps us to focus on that point. Mm. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. And that's really serving each other and then come to the side of the other one. Be the cart horse for Simon is an honor. <laughs> yes, yeah, same. Yeah. I have another thing on my heart, friends, around you in your church. You know, maybe you are sitting here and you think, yeah. They, they are building for 20 years this church. Of course, they are good friends. That's the whole point. We are planted each other here in that church. I have a, a, a cool guy. He was at my place two weeks ago. And he said, you know, I'm not coming to ICF anymore because the messages are too superficial for me. I need more food. I mean, real food, theologically food. And then... I was awake. <laughs> we talked about it, and I found out that he has problems to, to have a good friend. And he's a loner. He's, he's alone on his way. And then I, I'm told him what I'm telling you right now. Church is much more than preaching and worship. Church is relationships. Church is community. If you have a problem, if it's financially, we, we help you, we help each other. That's church. Yeah. So I, I really, if the message is not so good at one point for me, I don't care. It's just the message. <laughs> it's just the message. I have so much. I have my friends here. I see my buddies here. So I want to really encourage you. 
plant yourself in the church. And when it's getting rough and tough, maybe in church life, stay. If it's getting rough and tough in your life, stay. Stay for a while. Don't move around and think you can build friendships. And I see so many volunteers here, like Marianne. She's here for so long. And she also experienced church as a family. It's not only for us, it's for all together. So just plant yourself in the church, work somewhere, and you will experience really, really deep relationships. Yeah, thank you, Simon. Come on. Yes, the next type of friendship is going to be preached by Tim and Dieter. It's about intergenerational friendships, a very special type of friendship. Let's give a hand to those two, Come on. and we make space for you. Welcome. <laughs> Come on, preach it. Yes, hey, it's such an honor to be here tonight. Um, I'm not alone, but with my grandpa. And he's so much more than just my grandpa. He's also, over the last few, last few years, I feel like you've grown to one of my best friends. Um, and as you see, we're, we're, not, that, like, we're not the same age. Um, we're from two different generations. Um, well, we have a deep friendship. And I just wanted to ask you, hey, what does this friendship mean to you? Well, Tim, um, to be um, honest, to me, you are a great encourager to me because I'm a little bit older than you are. And so I've, it is very important that I have somebody, when he's in a difficulty, he has somebody who encourages him. And I give you the example, you remember, I had an accident about two years ago, and I was really handicapped, and I had to go to the physiotherapy, and I was walking like a man of 100 years old, very, very slow. I couldn't even get up properly. So he was standing before me, and he said, Grandpa, I lift up my eyes to the Lord and stand straight, focus your eyes, put your crown on, and then walk. And every time we went to the physiotherapy, that was his message. He encouraged me to stand straight and then to walk because I was really losing my, my, my balance, you know. So uh, this meant a lot to me, uh, Tim, and I wouldn't be the kind of person today if I hadn't known you as that kind of an encourager. That's my point number one. But my point number two to you, he is a great Bible researcher. Um, we meet regularly and we study the Bible. And uh, in the beginning, I was the one who was teaching him. But now, as he has grown older, he has become somebody who can teach me. And I learned so much from him because he is a wise young man and he can help me a lot. And so one day I said, Tim, why don't you come along? I have to preach in a particular church and there are a lot of young people. I think you have a good word for these young people. So Tim came along with me as my co-worker, a friend who is a co-worker. So I went to that church and then he talked to the young people. When it was all over, at the end of the service, they said to me, oh, Tim is a very good preacher. He should come again. He was much better than you are. <laughs> and I was so happy because that is really how he is. Thank you so much. And it's, it's <laughs> and I think, I think what is important to say is it's like a friendship is always both sided. And maybe you're sitting here and you're like, okay, actually, I want a friend from another generation. And yeah. what I want to say is like, hey, 
it needs humility to overcome the pride of your generation. I think every generation thinks like we're the best generation. Um, and what you always did to me was like, you wanted to learn from me. Yeah. Yeah. And that was the humility I saw in you. And that's yeah. like one of the conditions to form friendships like that's, that. That's both sides. I really love his humility, his humbleness. He is so and cheerful. He has such a sense of humor. I cannot tell you how he lifts me and my good wife, who is of the same age, how he lifts us up because of his cheerfulness. He is so friendly. And um, the last thing I want to say, that uh, we have a regular meeting where we study the Bible. And then I put all my books on the table. I have to go down to the first floor to put it back. Then he says, I will carry it all for you. He carries my stuff. And he really is concerned that I'm not uh, having too much weight. So I have agreed with the Lord Jesus. Um, I can sing a song, um, which I think is meant for the Lord Jesus. But he said, yes, you are allowed to do this. And so I sing sometimes. What a friend I have in Timmy. Oh, my luck is all okay. So that's it. Thank you very much. So inspiring. Oh, if I am older, I want to be like you. Come on. So great. So we have had also purpose friendships. There, it sounds a little bit all uncool, but there are also very valid friendships. It means that you have a friend for a season to have the same purpose. Can be in a job or can be if you help each other out with the kids. And then all of a sudden one person moves to another town or you're changing jobs. And then you have so hard, you have such a hard time to keep that friendship alive. And I want to tell you some friendships they are really for a certain time. And I want to encourage you, if this time is over, because the purpose is changing, you also can cut that friendship, cut us. Just not invest that in that friendship and don't have a bad conscience anymore. Because you need focus sometimes on which friendship you really want to invest. And the last thing is, now we have a testimony Fasten your seatbelts, Sarah, you can come to me. How you do recognize toxic relationships. Maybe if I read you these things, some bells are ringing in your hearts. When you're taking advantage of, for example, could be toxic. When you are not supported, you give a lot and nothing is coming back. When you are, when you are betrayed, in my relationship so important, if somebody's lying to me, it's not working out. If you, if, you, if you make mistakes, I do that as well. No problem, we can go together. But if you are lying to me, if you betray me, the relationship is over. When you live in constant competition, maybe you know that. The other guy has always the better story. Maybe you should talk about that. And when you become unimportant. But stop talking here, Sarah. You want to tell us your story. Thank you very much that you're here. Yeah. Yes, I had two really unhealthy relationships in my life. One was a love relationship and one was a good friendship. I think we all get some tools when we are kids how to build relationship. And when I look back, I think mine were not really functional. 
And so I started my first big love relationship when I was 18, and everything was fine in the beginning. But really quick, we fall both into roles and patterns which were really unhealthy. I was completely dependent on him, and I thought I couldn't live without him anymore. And that was not the only unhealthy thing. It was also that I couldn't accept his love for me. I doubted every feeling he told me. And so we were in a constant fight. <clears throat> yeah, and we were both caught in this relationship because of this dependence. And it took me a really long time to break up. After five years, I took this step and it was like the world collapsed. I had no more ground to stand on and I didn't know how to survive this. And at this time, two things happened in my life. First, I met a good friend of mine. She was like a saving branch on which I could hold on and continue with my patterns of dependence. And I gave her a really high position in my life and so our friendship became emotionally too tight. And the second thing, what happened, was this hurt of this breakup was so immense that I had no other chance than surrender everything to Jesus. And I started a relationship with him. And he told me and he teached me how to live healthy relationships. And I could learn to, learn to fly and to build healthy relationships. But, you know, my friend and I, we lived in a shared apartment and it was not easy to get out of these old patterns. And I think living together was unbearable for both of us. And one day I realized I had to cut this friendship off. And it was, again, an immense hurt. It was really a bad feeling. But at this day, the thing Jesus started in me the, all these new things, how to build relationships, how to live relationships could take place in me and could grow. And you know, today, this good friend of mine, we get back together and we live a friendship which is built on honesty, on forgiveness, on Jesus, and on broken pride. And I would never ever miss this friendship again because I love her. She's such an amazing and good friend of mine and I'm so thankful that God changed me and teach me how to live relationships. Wow. Thank you so much, Sarah. I'm really touched by your story because I, I've been, yeah, know, I knew you for years and I've seen you going through that story and it was really tough to see you going through that. You were really um, challenged with it. And um, year after year, it felt like you're spreading your wings more and more. And it, I'm really proud of you. Um, what's, what happened with you, how you built it, how you just went for the roots with Jesus. I'm really proud of you. Thank you so much for sharing the story. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, wow. I want to end the message. We're back with the pyramid. What Sarah just told us was, she was challenged on the level of social 
friendships, of living healthy friendships. And she realized she had to go deeper. She realized there were hurts, there were things that were not right, interpersonal. And then a moment when she started to build the root in Jesus, everything got back on track and in the right layer after layer. And that's what we want to have in our church, healthy friendships, healthy relationships. We want to leave you after this message with Jesus. So you will see three questions that you can just talk about with God. The worship crew is going to come up and they will lead us in a time. First, it's just you and Jesus. You read those questions. And one of those is, is what is the killers that you see in your friendships? There's always friendship killers. What do you have to bring to the cross? What has to end? in your life? What kind of friendship do you have to cut off so you can spread your wings again and fly? And which people, what people are in your life where you want to boost the friendship, where you want to start sowing and encouraging? What, what do you want to do as a next step in the friendships that you have? And I want to encourage you to start praying with your friends because prayer brings us together and it builds a really good friendship.